right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Seen and Heard Industry Updates for the Modern Dairy Family. I'm Darby Toth, the Technical Field Services Representative with Western United Dairies. And I'm Melissa Lima, the North Coast and Organic Field Services Representative with Western United Dairies. Hi, Darby. How's it going? It's going good. Week, what of the quarantine is this? I stopped counting. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the fog bank sitting over my house and the sunshine in town and wishing I could be in town hanging out with my friends. And I know it's for the best at this point, but we'll get there soon, hopefully. Yeah, I'm not sure what's better. Your um, fog bank or our 100 degree day today and 70 something degree day in a few days. Oh, it's so interesting. I, I guess the polar vortex is coming. And I, even though that only gets the Central Valley down to 70, I think a little bit of relief from this early heat's going to be much appreciated. I agree. So Darby, we had a, a pretty good podcast today. We're going to um, talk with, you're going to actually talk with Travis Visser, Western United Dairy's current board treasurer. You had a great chance to have a good conversation with Travis. Um, I chatted with Annie for a market update, which was a little more positive this week. And then um, we finished things out with a good discussion with Anya Radabar, our CEO, um, and you and I started a new segment of member questions, and um, we kind of just this week ran with some more common field rep questions we've been getting lately, and hopefully um, going going into the future, we'll get some more questions from our listeners and be able to address those in future episodes. Yeah, so we've been working on a lot of member issues this week, and today's episode is a real reflection of some of those items we've been keeping our finger on as we start to come out of the coronavirus crisis and navigate what we're all calling the new normal that we'll be operating under in our country and our industry for what seems to be a while here. Yeah, it's, it's luckily looking like there's been a lot of movement this week in getting our country back to work in a safe way. Um, and our content kind of digs into how that all looks as we're moving forward. So to kick the week off, Darby, you had a really great chance to chat with Travis. As we said, you had a really good discussion with him. So we'll jump right into that. Okay, so if you want to start out maybe and just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your family, the dairy, and your role on Western's board. Uh, my name is Travis Visser. Uh, my degree in Riverdale, that's in uh, Fresno County. Um, I'm in partnership with my dad and my wife of 16 years, and I live on the uh, property with our four children. Um, I've been on Woods Board now for, I think, about six years. Um, that elected to the executive committee about two years ago, and then last year was elected as treasurer. Great. Um, so we've talked a lot about our members and how they've kind of adapted to the new normal of COVID that we're, we're living in. Um, is there anything you'd like to share about how you've adjusted on farm or, you know, with your employees or your family or just kind of how things are going for you? Yes. Um, yeah, we've had to make some adjustments. Um, I think uh, the biggest thing I've done with our employees is basically just trying to communicate, be real open with them, and let them know that um, we're not scared of it, but we are taking it seriously, and we want them to know that we're concerned for them also. So um, our family is taking the government uh, – suggestions to social distance and we're doing that we're not 
doing much other than what we need to do. And that it's expected of them as well to keep everybody safe because if one of them gets it, then, you know, it could decimate your workforce real quick. So just let him know we're taking it seriously and that we expect the same of them. Um, as far as precautions on farm, uh, they're wearing gloves. We don't have, we're a smaller dairy. We don't have, a whole lot of employees, but uh, the ones that are milking, you know, in close proximity to each other, uh, talk with them about staying uh, farther away if possible. Um, our outside guys are working by themselves most of the day, but when we are doing things together, you know, we try to maintain as much distance as possible. Um, in the barn, we have disinfectant spray. Um, we're cleaning everything that they come in contact with between each shift. Um, any buttons, on-off switches, uh, all equipment. Um, yeah, basically anything they, they touch that could possibly, uh, possibly spread anything. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that, you know, you talked about how your family is really following those kind of guidelines as well. And I think it makes it a lot easier for people to kind of wrap their head about why they have to follow the guidelines if they see you following those guidelines too and kind of set you know setting a good example and, and leading by example yeah exactly and it doesn't do anybody any good if somebody's following uh, the guidelines and then everybody else is just living living the same so <laughs> yeah exactly um, and then can you share anything with members or people who are listening to this podcast about West United and, you know, maybe value that you've seen personally in the association or you've experienced on your operation? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've been members since, uh, since I was a kid before I can even remember. Um, there's just a great, uh, members, member services on so many fronts. Um, the field reps and, service provided there if you ever have any questions uh you can call them on regulations employees anything labor um and if they don't know the answer they'll definitely find it for you um the staff is great uh, annie with uh, milk pricing she's got a great mind for that and she is a go-to source for that information uh, we have paul obviously with the environmental side of things and Oh, he keeps up on all of that, all the new regs and everything that we need to uh, stay in compliance with. And then, um, of course, Anya, our CEO, she's a uh, face of the organization and she does a very good job with uh, in Sacramento, with our politics, working with our uh, with our guy up there um, and being available for newspaper interviews, online quotes and everything like that, too. So. Yeah, I think it's a good service all around. Well, thanks. Yeah, I think as a new field rep, I just hit, I think I'm about at a year and a half. Um, I appreciated your comment about, if we don't know, we'll find out. I uh, tend to play the middleman as I still try and try and learn a lot of new things. But I think it's really important, you know, no matter how the members get the information that someone's there to help them and, and get them what they need. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, we've talked about the COVID-19 situation and Melissa and I did an entire section of a podcast a couple weeks ago talking about um, mental health for our, you know, our dairy farmers. And is there anything you would have advice wise or you would say to dairy members who are going through a tough time and, you know, feeling like this, this really is something that's going to affect them and affect their family? Yes. Um 
yeah, just with everything going on on before COVID-19 and you throw this into the mix, I mean, it can be real stressful. And like you said, it can be a, a mental, mental health issue. Um, I think it's just good to know that, you know, the dairy is a community and we know a lot of people are going through the same thing. Yes. We all have our different, uh, whether it's financial situations or, um, large dairies, small dairies, anything, we're all in this together. And it's sometimes it just seems like you're working seven days a week and it can get stressful and the work's never done. And then you have a couple months of good prices and then a couple of years of bad prices and, uh, just the ever-changing landscape of the industry. Oh, my dad used to always tell me just 30 years ago, 40 years ago, he said, you work hard and made money. And that was just how it is. And it's just not that simple anymore. Um, I know I just like to think it's, I'm the third generation. My children are fourth generation. And, you know, it's it's been a, you know, we don't live cush high off the hog, but it's been a, a good living to support uh, multiple generations. And you just got to be thankful for that. Um, I just think, yeah, God has provided for us in that. And we just need to be thankful for that. And although times might not as be not be as good as they are, it's still we still have a lot to be thankful for in this industry. Um, working outside in agriculture, I think it's a uh, it's a very good lifestyle, even if we're not doing so well financially like we might like yeah i agree melissa and i were talking about that a couple days ago on the phone yesterday how much of a how much of a blessing it is to just wake up for us and know that we have a job and um can provide you know and it's just it is such a test i think of faith or you know other things for our farmers right now and um i just want them to know and everybody to know that you know, the board here at Western and you were all here, you know, the staff to help you, you know, so people can, you know, give us a call anytime that they need to talk or vent or anything like that. Yeah. I know that it's thrown around out there a lot right now. We're all in this together, but it sounds cliche or, but it is true. Yep. Well, um, we really appreciate that advice and those thoughts. And is there anything else that you'd like to share to wrap up the podcast? Um, no, I think that's it. Stay strong. <laughs> hopefully this uh, whole COVID thing, I mean, I know it's going to be a while yet, but hopefully we can get through this and get to the other side okay. Yep, I agree. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks so much, Travis, again for your time today. Next, I'm going to throw it over to Melissa, who's going to chat with Annie for the market update. I'm joined by Annie Akmoody, Western United Dairies economist, and I think today maybe we can start with a little good news. Annie, it seems like the market's had a pretty decent week for the most part. Yes, finally, we can, uh, we're looking upward instead of down, which is a really nice change. Um, I mean, it's not all perfect, but, uh, you know, a forward movement at this time is certainly something that we can take. And most of it happened actually at the CME, um, where the, the prices, you know, stopped their decline that they'd been under for the past, I don't know how many weeks. So what happened is uh, if we look at block cheese, for example, is the price went up 11 cents from last week and it now stands at $1.30 uh, per pound. So that's the highest in a month. USDA prices are still trailing behind, you know, block is $1.17 this week. Um, so even though CME prices, they, they're not the ones that go into our formula in California under the Fed order, 
they can still kind of give us an idea of where prices are headed because the USDA prices tend to lag them a little bit. So this this uptick here is good news in terms of what we can see in our USDA prices in the next few weeks. Butter was very similar. Also managed an increase last week up uh, 10 cents uh, to $1.28 per pound. USDA's price is, you know, lower $1.12 per pound. So just means that we might be looking at an uptick here in the in the next few weeks. So that's definitely something to, um, you know, to be optimistic about in terms of where prices are going. Not fed dry milk. I'll conclude on that. Not um, not a whole lot of good news. Still at uh, 80 cents, 85 cents a pound. Um, the stocks are, you know, up. 20% from a year ago in March. And, you know, stocks are likely also growing outside the United States. And we, you know, we remember from a, a two recent paths that stocks that are, you know, overhanging in global markets can mean a, a slow road to recovery. So hopefully this crisis doesn't last too long so we can move through this inventory and don't have, you know, situations similar to what we've seen in the past. Good. Well, it sounds like some of our, you know, our commodities are ticking up because we worked through some of those supply chain issues and some of our really good buyers are, you know, getting back to business. So hopefully that'll continue over the next few weeks and we'll, we'll start to see some easing of, of the prices. It looks like the futures market is, is looking a little bit better too these days. Yeah. We've seen some improvement there too. I mean, the, the low, the lows were in the $11 range there for a while. And now we're looking 12, $13 this week, still not great, but at least kind of moving in the, in the right direction. And if you look at the news, I mean, even I, I was just reading this week, the Papa John's pizza, they, they just posted that April was their best month ever in company's history. And so, you know, that's good news for pizza cheese that people are getting deliveries and, and moving a lot of cheese through those outlets. Definitely. And, and hopefully that continues and we can all just add a little bit of extra dairy. Everybody adds an ounce. So it'll, it'll certainly help the prices across the board. So, well, good, Annie. That's, uh, that's a good positive note to start on. Um, along with the markets having an up week, it sounds like you were really busy with another important task yesterday, which was the attendance at the Producer Review Board Zoom meeting. I think we were all a little bit surprised late last week that CDFA called that meeting. But can you give us a little background on what prompted that meeting? Yes. What prompted the meeting in particular, what the big agenda item was to um, review the assessment that um, producers are currently um, seeing on their milk check. And so the last time that it was reviewed was uh, almost a year ago. Um, basically, what CDFA brought at the meeting is that their funds are going to run out if we keep the assessment at the level it's at. And so, you know, if you recall last year, um, you know, when the the quote implementation plan started, the assessment was 38 cents, 100 weight. And that was lowered last year because CDFA said, well, we have if we keep at this rate, we'll have we have basically too much money in the bank. Uh, we might as well decrease it and you know leave that money in producers' pocket to just have enough. But that was decreased a little bit too much, so we kind of run down through the the money they had. And so, if we had kept the current assessment um, in the next few months, then um, CDFA would basically run out. Okay, so if I remember right, Annie, that original assessment at 38 cents dropped down to like the 32 and a half cent range. And so this is kind of one of those meetings that we expected would occur. It's a it's a, a reevaluation of how the assessments are working and it just was time for CDFA to to, you know, reevaluate and increase the assessment as would probably happen under normal conditions anyway. Yeah, yeah, and that 30 32 and a half cent and I should have mentioned that was in place since September 1 of 2019. And so, you know, it's been in place for, for a little while. Then that's why this reevaluation, like you just mentioned, um, was due. 
Yeah. Seems like if you're a dairyman, a, a little bit of tough timing, but um, hopefully we can move forward and, and they'll be able to take another look at that this fall at their next meeting. Yes. So the um, this new assessment of 36 and a half cent that was voted on at the meeting this week will take effect with uh, June milk. Great. Okay. Well, Annie, after all that uh, PRB talk, I think we might need a Friday afternoon PBR, but um, <laughs> moving into, um, you know, the rest of the meeting, it, it seems like there was one in 10, the meeting was called, but there was a little bit of a um, different motion that came up during the meeting. So can you talk a little bit about what, what happened there? Yeah. So you're right. The, the main agenda was really to look at this assessment, but it was also brought up by a, a board member that perhaps it would be a, a good time to pause the assessment for the foreseeable future due to the current crisis caused by the, you know, the whole COVID-19 negative economic impact. And so that was brought up to the board. There was discussion and um, it did not move forward at this time. And so the assessment will be in place um, and continue like it's been operating. Okay, so a couple different things covered at that meeting. Um, anything else we should know about yesterday's meeting, Annie? No, I think that, that those are the main points. So the next meeting is scheduled right now for October of 2020. Okay, great. Well, before we go, Annie, um, Darby and I have both been getting a lot of questions from our members this week regarding the updates that there may be to the USDA's price support program. We had a bonus episode a couple of weeks ago and talked about it. And um, we're kind of expecting an update anytime now. But has have there been any movements on that this week? You know, we really can't wait to see the details because that is one question that a lot of people are asking about. And so those direct payments that are expected to come to dairies, you know, maybe late May, early June, um, you know, we haven't seen the details, but USDA has finally sent the final rule to the Office of Management and Budget for review. And so we're expecting that means that we should be able to see more details, hopefully next week or really coming really soon. Another development that occurred this week is Secretary Purdue has said that many members of Congress on both sides of the aisle, you know, I've indicated to them that they think the payment limits are too stringent. And so we've been working with that, you know, Western has and uh, with, you know, members um, of Congress and trying to really make that point across. And it sounds like Secretary Purdue are, agreed with them. And so USDA has made some adjustments, to those uh, payment limits. And so the cap that was set at $125,000 per commodity might be lifted up from that level when we see the final rule. We don't, we don't see what level that will be, but we've heard that it will be up. So I think that's a little bit of a, a good news for those areas who thought that that cap was, was not going to be sufficient. Yeah, that's definitely another piece of good news. I think producers were really worried about what could be covered with that, with the existing cap. So if they can, you know, get a little more help during this time to cover some of their costs, it will definitely be a, another bright spot in the week. Yes. Great. Well, thanks so much, Annie, for the update and the positive news you brought us this week. It's always good to hear a little bit of a, a good, good news from the economic side of things. Yes, you're welcome. I, I really can't take credit for it, but I hope there's going to be more of that in the next the next weeks to come. Great. Well, we'll let you take a little bit of credit, at least for being <laughs> the, the message bearer. All right. Well, thanks again, Annie. Um, next up, I had a few minutes to sit down with our CEO, Anya Radaba, this afternoon and tackle what Western United Dairies has been up to in Sacramento this week and how our new public and media relations work has been going and the positive results we've seen from some of the new partnerships we've been forming. So we'll jump right into that discussion with Anya. Thanks again, Annie. You're welcome. Talk next week. 
Well, today we're joined by Western United Dairy CEO Anya Radabaugh. Welcome, Anya. Thank you. We're going to get a little update from you, Anya, about just some of the work we've been doing in Sacramento and beyond and some of the exciting things happening with our new public relations and media relations campaign. So do you want to just start off with a, a quick update about what's been happening this week in Sacramento? Absolutely. Uh, when the shelter-in-place order and, and generally the COVID-19 uh, panic really hit in mid-March, uh, Western was faced with a bit of an identity crisis where we had to figure out how best to spend members' resources. And one of the things that became clear very quickly was that uh, people were really prioritizing the, the need and desire to have a local, safe, and affordable food supply. So we wanted to try to shift our resources away from our traditional political activity and highlight um, those aspects to our consumers directly in California. Great. And um, it seems like over the last couple of weeks, that's really taken off in a lot of great ways. So um, first of all, we our partnership, existing partnership with the California Cattle Council has been a real benefit in that arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so CCC has been our funding partner in this, and uh, this is really about elevating the production practices of our farmers, both beef and dairy. And uh, so we've held three marquee events with their assistance, along with some assistance from the California Cattlemen's Association. Uh, It started a kickoff with a big event at Arlen McGrannigan's Dairy, the New Hope Dairy out in Galt, where we highlighted the need to focus on local buying, buying the real California seal products, to encourage people to make sure that they knew and and wanted to develop products locally. So that was the first marquee event, but when we followed that up the next week by really emphasizing the challenge that we're currently having with Farm to Fork. Uh, The Sacramento news media was very insistent and concerned about um, making sure that they had access to a local food supply. And so that was highlighted by both CalMatters and uh, the Sacramento Press Corps. And I think that our team, Cody Nicholson Stratton, we uh, held another event this last week with Chelsea Miner from Rayleigh's to talk about making sure people weren't hoarding products and buying things that um, otherwise they could wait a week to do. And so those those events have really culminated uh, the current phase of the PR campaign. Awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I personally um, a little higher risk group. So I'm doing the once a week early morning shopping thing. And it's hard not to want to hoard things and just do your general weekly shopping. So it's it's good that we're doing a little consumer education on that end. I, I appreciate that for sure. Yeah, I think it's been, uh, and it's also been really important for people to kind of feel uh, the locality of their agriculture. And uh, they've mm-hmm. been asking those questions. And I think that they're getting a much stronger sense that we do have uh, great available products and uh, they're very confident in in buying from us. Yeah, and just maybe making different product choices considering the supply issues, but but still being able to get nutritious, healthy food for their families. That's a that's an important important communication to be made. Yeah, great. Well, Anya, also um, this week we um, talked a little bit about regulatory issues in relation to both COVID nineteen and just general issues in the industry going forward, and just having some certainty for our producers. What can you share about that? Yeah, that's actually the next phase of our political communication up in Sacramento and throughout the state. Um, As we developed the narrative around uh, family farms and family dairy farms in particular, uh, it became really apparent to the media that there was the next question, which is how do we make sure that we 
keep a safe and local food supply? How do, how, what does the future of our viability look like? They wanted to know how, how consumers can help us thrive. <laughs> and I know we've been saying this in agriculture for a really long time, but it set up the perfect communication opportunity to say, well, we have to limit the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, our farmers, they climb barriers every time there's a new regulation or law or labor rule they have to comply with. And they just keep, keep, keep complying. And they keep elevating the bar that the state wants to set in terms of moving the goalpost around that uncertainty. And so every new regulation uh, is essentially creating this sea of uncertainty for, for agriculture across the state. And so the next phase of the media push is to really emphasize all, sm- all types of farming, uh, all types of production styles, big, medium, small, um, that there's a place for that in the food chain and the way that you have the best access and feed the most amount of people possible is by lowering the risks of uncertainty, which includes making sure that we have access to a steady supply of water across the state. And so that's really going to be a delicate balance when we talk to the Sacramento News Corps. Um, but I think that we can we can tackle that. Definitely. I think if in light of this crisis and all the terrible things that have come out of it, the, if we're looking for silver linings, the idea that consumers have really learned a lot the last few weeks about how their food gets to them and and how the people that produce it operate. I, I think, you know, that's one silver lining we can definitely say has happened. It's in the conversations I've had with friends that are not in agriculture, I definitely see that coming through. Yeah. And as a humanitarian need, based on the climbing spike of unemployment numbers continues to go up, um, people are really wanting to make sure that not just their dollar goes as far as possible, but they want to make sure that their food supply is feeding as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And the only way to accomplish that is to lower the barriers to entry on not just new farms, but small farms, mid-sized farms, and large farms so that we can continue to feed the world uh, which is growing, by the way. The population is increasing. Yeah. So we have a, a real moral obligation to make sure that there's some more supply chain flexibility as we move forward with this crisis. Definitely. Making our industry more nimble in, in times like these is always another positive positive yeah. aspect of all the you know hard stuff we've had to go through. So, well, that sounds good, Anya. What else would you like to share with our members this week about what we've been up to? Well, there was a um, particularly contested area of of, uh, executive order that happened this week. It was leading up to uncertainty around um, workers' compensation. And the original proposal placed on the docket by labor organizations was to essentially cover any employee that contracted COVID-19, either alleged through a workplace environment or otherwise. And that posed a huge barrier to the business. Um, It essentially shifted the entire burden of this pandemic onto small business. And so it resulted in quite the food fight up in Sacramento. Um, Unfortunately, where you had labor in one camp and business in another, and and that's a a terrible dynamic for actually achieving a policy balance. But what ended up and happened, I think, was a policy balance where the insurers and the carriers, um, many of whom insure our dairy members, came to an arrangement with the governor um, and they struck a deal. And the deal was that uh, you could be covered for COVID if the employer had a rebuttable presumption. 
And so basically employees that allege that they have contracted COVID, uh, we wanna make sure that they are well taken care of, that they feel safe and supported, but they have to demonstrate and prove through doctors and qualified experts that they um, were, you know, that they were basically exposed to it on the work site and not somewhere else. And so that compromise was struck yesterday and it was widely publicized in an executive order uh, that Governor Newsom made just before the legislature came back into session. Great. Well, I think um, as the legislature is back in session now, I think we're going to definitely be hearing more updates from Anya in the coming weeks. And um, hopefully we'll, Sacramento will be calming down a little bit on the on the big regulations, but we're, we're glad to be working with them in, in what seems like a collaborative fashion these days to, to move some of this stuff in the direction that's helpful to our members. So thanks so much, Anya, for your time. Anything else you want to share before we let you go? Yeah, the goal and collaboration of the work that we're doing with the California Cattle Council and that of California Cattlemen's Association is to reduce the risks of uncertainty for our farmers. And that's uh, about, I think, the best mission that we can have in front of us right now. Definitely. But that's it. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for joining us today, Anya. We hope you have a good week and uh, we'll, we'll talk with you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, Darby, we had a lot of great updates in today's episode. Um, we want to just give a huge thanks to all of our contributors and specifically um, Travis and all the board members that have taken time out the last few weeks to chat with us. I know it's getting to be busy season here in the dairy industry. So thanks to them for taking time. Yeah, that board member chat, I think, is becoming a really popular segment. I'm entertained by board members learning how to say my last name correctly, finally. <laughs> um, and uh, we look forward to meeting the rest of the board throughout the summer. Uh, speaking of popular, we're really loving the feedback we've been getting from listeners on past and future guests. So look for your requests coming up in upcoming episodes. Yeah, we're really excited to be incorporating a little more member content as we go forward and and really getting to the meat of what issues our members want us to cover. And as we get more familiar with our platform, I think that will just totally continue. Um, that being said, we thought it might be helpful at the end of today's episode to bring you this kind of new segment where we address member questions. And this week, we're really looking at questions that both you and I have talked about that we've been getting from members a lot the last week or so, but we'll probably down the road incorporate like specific questions that are sent in. Yeah, so this week, I think it's just a really popular broad question that we've both been getting is what updates there have been to the USDA price support program? And when can dairymen actually start applying or finally expecting these payments? Yeah, and unfortunately, Darby, the news on that USDA program is no news this week. Um, we did get that minor update from Annie that Secretary, excuse me, Secretary Purdue has um, signaled his willingness to look at those caps and possibly remove or update them a little so that producers can get a little bit uh, more coverage in the program. But we're still awaiting final details on what the program looks like, how members will apply, um, and most importantly, when those payments can be expected. So we'll have the final scoop on how that program will work as just as soon as we hear. We'll probably do another bonus episode and we'll definitely be emailing out details to members as soon as that comes out. So in addition to that, um, the other money issue surrounding this coronavirus aid package is the Small Business Administration's programs. And I've been getting a lot of member calls about first the PPP or the Paycheck Protection Program. And then, as we know this week, the Emergency Injury Disaster Loan or EIDL program, which opened up to farm businesses. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of those questions as well. And 
we're really glad that the SBA opened the EIDL program to farms this week. And we've made an effort to get info out to our members via email. But if you didn't receive the resources or if you need anything further, please call one of your field reps. Um, my number is 760-828-0035. Yep, and I'm at 707-779-2214. And, you know, we highly recommend reaching out to your local financial institution, especially your farm lenders, because they're going to have the most up-to-date advice for you to apply in that entire process. Yeah, I've been hearing from members that banks have certainly stepped up and they've kind of been the heroes the past few weeks in helping our dairies and farm businesses navigate the process with those two programs. It's, it's pretty complex. So shout out to them. Um, the last question I got, Darby, is about farm security. I've been getting this a lot recently, not just in the past week, but as related to issues with activists and other rural crime issues. And so after we had Merced County Sheriff Vern Warnke on the program, um, I got a few uh, more questions from members. Um, so what can we tell our members in regards to the farm safety issue? Yeah, you know, Melissa, I think that's one of our really popular segments so far. And the sheriff's ideas really sparked a lot of members to reach out. Um, the WED staff is going to be working with other industry organizations on a program to be rolled out hopefully this fall, which would provide guidance to farmers on hardening their facilities against rural crime issues, as well as activists. And we have had an idea to partner with local law enforcement agencies to provide farm assessments, which would help identify, you know, any potential weak points that you have on your dairies. If that's a service our members would take advantage of, or if you might be interested in that kind of service, please let us know and we'll get that rolling this summer as well. And then just as a brief reminder that if you missed that episode, you can go back and listen to some tips that we did hear already from Sheriff Hornkey. Great. Yeah, that was episode four. Um, this all sounds good, Darby. And again, another huge shout out to our contributors, especially Sheriff Warnke, for the great suggestions. Um, we'd love to hear more questions from our members in the coming weeks um, in regards to that farm safety issue or just anything else you hear that you'd like uh, explained in depth a little bit more. Um, yeah. And we really love getting general listener feedback as well. You can shoot us an email with your questions, comments, and content requests at wud.pod at gmail.com. And if you follow us on Instagram at wudairies, you can always message us there as well. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe when listening on your favorite podcast platform so you're up to date on all of our new episodes. Yes, and as always, you can reach out to your field reps with any questions about the podcast or just general membership issues that might come up. I'm M-L-E-M-A at W-U-D-A-I-R-I-E-S dot com. And I'm Darby at wudairies.com. That's D-A-R-B-Y at W-U-D-A-I-R-I-E-S dot C-O-M. And you can reach out to Rochelle at the office by phone. It's 209-527-6453 or email her Rochelle at wudairies.com. And Rochelle is spelled R-A-S-H-E-L-L at wudairies.com. With any of your labor needs, um, she was able to match several member dairies with employees this week, and she's waiting for your calls and emails. Yeah, Rochelle's been doing a great job with our Luke program, so um, you know, we'll keep that up and keep matching members with potential employees. That's a, a great service. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week. 
listeners, this is Melissa Lima, one of your Seen and Heard hosts, with a quick post-episode update. As we were putting the podcast to bed on Friday afternoon, we received notice from the California Department of Food and Agriculture that they had called a hearing for early next month. This hearing, which will take place virtually on June 9th and 10th, is a rescheduling of the hearing that was originally planned for April of this year and postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The hearing is to consider the suspension and removal of the Quota Implementation Program, or Chapter 3.5, Part 3, Division 21, of the California Food and Ag Code. This hearing comes at the request of the group Stop Quip, as they sent in a petition in January that met the threshold for qualifying signatures. All testimony, both written and oral, will be taken remotely. More information regarding webinar and column logistics will be forthcoming from the department. We will cover this topic more in depth in next week's episode, and in addition, members of Western United Dairies should check their email for an update this evening and any future updates. If you have specific questions, please feel free to reach out to your field reps, Darby Toth or myself, Melissa Lima, or email our office directly at info at wudairies.com. Special thanks to Western United Dairy's 2020 business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, FNR Ag Services, Farm Credit Alliance, Moss Energy Works, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information about how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's I-N-F-O at W-U-D-A-I-R-I-E-S dot com. Thank you.